It's March 31st, 2018, and this is an April Fool's Free Space. I'm Six Detmar. And I'm Nick Cease, and this is Bottle Crow, a Dota 2 podcast where we talk about League of Legends on a podcast played through your phone that then gets streamed on Twitch by somebody pointing a video camera at it, hooked up via USB to a laptop that's then taken continuous pictures of and broadcast on Facebook Live while playing Heroes of the Storm. You know what my favorite thing about April Fool's Day is? How none of the jokes are funny. Literally any of them have been funny in like four years and you motherfuckers keep doing it. And like this isn't like this is partially to Alan's, this is partially to my co host Nick Cease. This is jokes to me. Dude do, do good jokes, not the bad ones. It's a day we all come together and collectively don't give a fuck. We're just like, hey, hey, let's make fun or let's pretend we're humorous. If we're Nick, there's about a 50-50 chance on any given day that I either don't give a fuck or give every single fuck. Those are the only two states I, I have. So you're just you're fully on or fully off. You're Some people switch. would call that bipolar, but I think that's a little harsh. <laughs> also <laughs> probably medically binary? accurate. Sure, I'll go with that one. There you go. Great superhero. Binary? Yeah, that's, binary that's man? Miss Marvel's also binary. Or she's Captain Marvel these days, excuse me. There's a captain. There's a Miss Marvel. <laughs> Never mind. I shouldn't have done it. I'm no, sorry. I don't understand. Uh, so there was a superhero whose name was Miss Marvel. Okay. Right. Is this it, like in the Marvel universe? I would assume. Yes, actually. Okay. Uh huh. Yeah. Um, and eventually she's like, actually, that's stupid. I'm Captain Marvel now. But now there's a new Miss Marvel. There's Captain Marvel and Miss Marvel like, at the Ms. same Marvel time. Did Miss Marvel get married? No, she's just like, wait, why am I calling myself Miss Marvel? Anyone can be a captain. It's not a gender thing. And captain sounds badass. I, does it? Th- it's like a low rank, like in most militaries. It's, I Compared mean, to a Miss? Ship, of a Compared ship, I guess. Compared to Miss. And actually in the military, I mean, like, it's, a, it's you know, it's a couple it's of ranks fine. up. and You're It's right. an officer rank. It's like a mid-tier officer rank. That's not bad. Now, it's if I was on a ship spot. and, like, you know, I wanted to talk to the captain, that would be the number one on the ship, most likely. Mm-hmm. Exactly. If Bottle Crow was a ship, who is the captain? Who would be the first mate? Who would do the rigging? Who would be the chef? Who would be the quartermaster? Who would be in the brig? And who would be in the crow's nest? Nick, if Bottle Crow was a ship, mm-hmm. obviously we would be five anchors and no sea captain. That's exactly right. We were about to sponsor them before they disbanded, but... So, you know, Precisely. if you have a, a pro Dota 2 team and you're looking for a some sort of ship-related sponsorship, make sure hit, to hit us up at nick at com. I will handle all we, of our, uh, our sponsorship deals. We can offer about $5 a month. You have to be very bad at Dota. Yes, that's, that's why I, I'm evaluating you. Mm-hmm. Perfect, perfect. I, if, if you gave it to me, I would, you know, with my discerning eye. Of course, you're... High MMR eyes. Nick, how long can I pretend to be like jovial and high spirited when they nerfed Enchantress again? It's gonna. There were no Wind Ranger nerfs, right? I didn't That's actually. They, let in me fact, control there F. was no. Wind they 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 did Ranger. a minor fix to Wind Ranger. They made. They said they oh. made the the focus fire weirdness less weird. Basically, it was very weird. People say it it's was still very weird. weird. 
it's it's probably just because it's not a thing we have anywhere else. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think I think the way you would do it is like, I don't know. I I listen. I'm not a game designer. What makes sense to me is you target someone, right? You right click on them to attack them, mm-hmm. and then any move commands, as long as you stay in range, don't change your target, right? Yeah. Unless you choose a new target. Yeah. It seems like they should just do that because clearly they don't. That's that's what it does though. But then why does it like detarget randomly? It's complicated. Okay. And I haven't actually looked up the chain, <laughs> looked up before or after. I just know it feels clunky because you don't just. I mean, I right click. Some people WASD for the camera. I both move around and then to issue a move command. Most people don't press M and then left click. They right click. Sure. And sure. so you have to hope you don't right click on another unit accidentally. And that's, I think, where the jankiness is if you accidentally Uh, detarget and then try to switch back. I've had experiences where I'm focus firing a tower and there are no enemy creeps around and it freaks out. (laughs) I think I've had that too. But the freak out, it's hard to quantify. It is is hard to quantify. I mean, usually it's just like it just stops attacking. Maybe what happened is I right-clicked a friendly creep and I have right-clicked it and I turned on. Maybe that's what happened. Well, that's possible too. Mm, I don't know. I don't know. I hope I hope it feels better now because I like the change a lot, which is now like you know obviously decently old. It's months old at this point, but it's it's still a cool idea. Um, and it helps. Thank you, Ice Frog, for listening to me when I suggested it to you. Indeed. Uh, He's learned know, what, from the what, best. What are the big changes from this patch that really stood out to you, Nick? Well, it stood out to me that Enchantress was nerfed because I knew it would stand out to you. So now. She's the untouchable just much worse. Savage. Level one. <laughs> she, yeah, her her level one is just is just significant. You know, they they've reduced her base damage in previous patches. Now, untouchable is half the slow it was at rank one. Yeah, um, the attack speed slow. Yeah, yeah, and then uh, enchant has a like harsher uh, cooldown, and also dominates for like it used to be just be a flat eighty seconds. So you could like you could enchant a creep. And then use enchant as a slow, and then re-enchant that creep, no problem. Yeah. That was not an issue at all. And now that's not something you can do. In fact, you can't even keep a... Ch- uh, at, le- at rank 1, you cannot keep a creep enchanted. No, I think it's like rank 3. Maybe 4. I can't remember. But yeah, it was like 50 second cooldown to 80 on enchant, which is her slow and her creep dominator. And then mm-hmm. the thing that made you, if you're going to be in lane, you can just say, okay, I'll take untouchable. And then they're, what, minus 40, minus 60 attack speed when they try to right-click you? It was insane. And now it's it just funny. It was good because that's Enchantress is an early-game yeah. hero. <laughs> that's her whole thing. I don't, yeah. like, she falls off. Like, her damage doesn't fall off, but everything else about her does. Yeah. And it it seems like they need to give her something else now. I, like... I realized this is one of those situations where it's, you know, they're balancing for pros, and pros are incredibly good with her and good at making her end games fast. Especially creep dominating stuff is always going to be mm-hmm. better for higher level people. It's the gen yeah, problem. it just it just feels like she's like I, 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 of course, I'm not happy about any nerfs, but I think the idea of the dominate duration one makes sense because you used, it was so easy to basically have enchantress be a chen yeah but also have her <laughs> other abilities and it's like no that should probably be a little harder it should probably be more of a of a choice um but i don't know the untouchable change just i just feel like her early game just kind of sucks now yeah her 
she'll be very level dependent. So you got to like stick in a lane for the first few levels or something. Mm-hmm. I I really enjoyed being able to just like, you know, <laughs> roam and get my get my six. You know, like still a little, At you know, a, a roamer. Right, and then it's just sort of like, okay, once I've got my six, like, I'll build some HP, and then who cares? But not so much anymore. Nope. Let's see, uh, Darkseer got a lot of, uh, a lot of love? I can't... I mean, it's... I'm pretty sure that they're all technically buffs. In the end, the I cooldown, The buffs. cooldown definitely is not. Yeah, so they changed the cooldown of Vacuum, so it's now like 60 at level 1 to 30 which is like mm-hmm. a two-second buff at level four. But that's so, oh, 60 seconds for a vacuum. It's brutal. It does have a bigger AoE now, or it starts out with a bigger AoE. It used to ramp up more, I think. And it now mm-hmm. has like a scaling cast range and stuff too, and it now does a little bit more damage, but the damage is so insignificant. It, feel, it feels like a nerf. I don't know. You never really took vacuum early anyways, and now you definitely don't. Hmm. It's... Like, most things about him are worse now at level one, or just early in general. Yeah, I mean, like, I wonder if we're going to get to the point where they're going to swap Vacuum and Wall of Replica, if Wall of Replica is just <laughs> going to become his, his W in Vacuum. Yeah, that, gonna that's right. They it, made cause... Wall larger by, like, 300 units, 1,000 mm-hmm. to 1,300. And they even, they reduced the damage that illusions take by 100%, so it's 400% to 300% now. I don't mm. think any of this will matter. No. Like, the, the there's a lot of vacuum changes, but they're all, like, scaling changes and based on how it scales, and it makes it worse early. And mm-hmm. very, mu- very slightly better level four, to the point of not being significant. The wall of replica being longer is nicer, and it taking the illusions taking less damage is good, but still 300% is pretty squishy. And mm-hmm. I feel like it was... His issue is early game that he just offers nothing in the current meta. Well, I mean, what he does is he ion shells his creeps and stands there. Yeah, and you have to. I mean, he's going to get his farm, you know. <laughs> yeah, and either you like you, you don't re- you don't see a lot of the safe lane pressure where they don't respond with a tri lane. Mm-hmm. It's the kind of thing like axe cutting waves or tide hunter just not giving a single shit or Darkseer pushing you in with ion shell so you can't stand around and try to farm just disruption general disruption mm-hmm. it feels like it happens much less these days yeah and this I just makes it worse <laughs> yeah it's puzzling i don't like he just doesn't offer almost anything that another hero wouldn't like so with these changes to vacuum and how much like it it gets I mean, frankly, because it is is so much shittier at early ranks. Like, is there a situation where you skip Wall of Replica because it's not that good? And you know, you come back for it eventually. But like, it, when you hit six, you just put put more points in vacuum or something. Do you think you're going to be fighting? Honestly, all of his skills are shit. Kind of, <laughs> you have to pair it. Mm. Like, maybe you would skip Wall if Vacuum has been really important. And. Because you have a Magnus or you have some source of cleave or you have AoE, then I could see yeah. you taking vacuum. But for what Darkseer himself offers, like the scaling is the only thing that scales harder now is the cooldown. The cooldown increase uh, decreases much more because it didn't decrease at all. It was just flat 32, but now it's a mm-hmm. freaking minute at level one. So maybe if you're using it often, but even then, like 60 seconds, if it's a thing to coordinate with your team, 
changing it from 60 to 30 isn't going to change shit in most yeah, situations. Yeah, I guess that's true. Hmm. But on the other hand, taking wall, what is wall really going to do for you early? Yeah, I don't I don't very, know. I very feel like, situational. I feel like he's such an like his kit is so effective just generally speaking. It's so good at team play that he's he's being the victim of his own success and I feel like I, I feel like as as a as a lower level player, he seems like he has an identity crisis. Um, yeah, I'm sure, sure pros will pros will go out there and show that he's still you know a nightmare in vacuum plus sleight of fists or who fucking cares? But like, <laughs> yeah. from here it seems strange. I think he he's not a hero you pick alone. You always have to have some sort of strat to have a dark seer. You know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna be straight up. And just say, I don't like this patch. You know, I, I'm not crazy about it myself. It was a lot of... It was basically Ice Frog saying, Hmm, you know all this shit that doesn't change from level to level? What if it instead did change? Mm-hmm. So it's... I should probably have watched Purge's, I'm sure, very long patch note... Or patch first impressions video. Because... You really have to think very hard about all these changes to know, or at least a lot of them, to know if they're buffs or nerfs. Or some are more clear, but it because it changes stuff from a flat thing across all levels to a scaling, it's more complicated than just a buff or nerf. It's, okay, what the timing is, situationally, what do you pair it with? Does this change how you should play this here? Yada, blah, blah, blah. But it is a... <laughs> that makes it kind of confusing. Mm-hmm. The one thing, the one like character whose changes I just think are good is what they've done with Io. Just seems yeah. better to me. Sure. So Io's Io's tether now sets your movement speed to match the targets the the tethered target's movement speed, and also doesn't have a duration. It just goes. Yeah, it's it's nice because <laughs> mm-hmm. it was always weird to play around the cooldown of tether, and you could screw it up if you were trying to relocate somebody and you didn't realize tether was about to break. Because mm-hmm. you were seeing the big three, two, one countdown above your head to save somebody, but you might not. Like tether could just expire mm-hmm. <laughs> if you aren't watching or, the buff on your bar, or if you're just not very good at IO. Like I never, <laughs> yeah. I haven't. It's one of the few supports I haven't really tried to learn because the few times it's like I've broken a couple of tethers and I just, I just feel like shit, and I'm like, okay, I should stop playing this hero. <laughs> yeah, because if you break a tether, like what does he do? He's got some mm-hmm. spinning balls that give vision. Yeah. Woo. But I like that the move speed set is pretty cool. Mm. I I like that a lot. It was another thing that would break your tether. Maybe your carry has boots and you don't, or your carry has boots of travels and a move speed talent and a fucking butterfly. Then you're screwed if you want to actually stay near them. But now this mm-hmm. helps you stick. It helps you like engage in a team fight. Not that IO engages, but it helps you stick along without having to recast tether to swoop in from far away. Mm-hmm. And just, I'm sure it just feels better. I haven't played him since the patch, but it sounds like a bunch of shit that makes him feel better. There is actually, I should say, there's one other hero whose changes I think are fun, which is what they've done with Shadow Demon's Demonic Purge. Oh yeah. So it's got a longer change? cooldown now. It went from 40 to 60 seconds. Um, the scales, uh, the slow scales a little more predictably. Mm-hmm. That doesn't matter that much. It no longer roots non-heroes, which basically never came up. Uh, the duration is longer. It's from 5 to 7 seconds. And now it's like an aggressive version of the old 
Oracle ult, <laughs> yeah. where it just purges you constantly. Um, right, apparently right now, or maybe this has been patched by now, but um, if Juggernaut tries to Omni Slash while under Demonic Purge, Omni Slash is immediately purged it off purged of him. purged so many things that it, I don't even want to say it wasn't supposed to, just that nobody expected it to. Because like, mm-hmm. you think, who, you can't dispel Omni Slash. Well, actually you can. <laughs> it's just... You know, hard probably, or maybe it was an actual bug, and it's not supposed to be dispellable. But I think it's because it's doing this continuous dispel thing that nothing has at the moment in the game. Yeah, it's a little weird, but I like it's, that. I, yeah, I like it a lot, I, and I, I, I like Shadow Demon. I haven't played him like it was a couple of podcasts ago that you were like, "Why don't I see Shadow Demon anymore?" <laughs> and I was like, "Nick, you only ever saw me, and I stopped playing him." Yeah. <laughs> Uh, maybe I'll come back. This this sounds like a fun change. I think that that helps them. I've always thought Demonic Perch was was pretty awesome. His Ags upgrade with Demonic Perch is just like, oh, I mean, it's a BKB piercing slow that is really really slowing. So with with three charges of it, and also <laughs> it inflicts yeah. break. Like it was mm-hmm. it was like if there was one and member of their team that was really fed, and the rest of them wasn't that much of a problem. It was the problem solver. Yeah. It's just like, I no, love doing it to Ursus. We're like, oh, I have a BKB. I can yada yada. Or I'm mm-hmm. just going to ult, and then you can't do shit. It's just, okay. <laughs> I have an ultimate, and I have an Aether Lens. GG. Yeah. I remember I remember a game where we were really far behind, and their tiny was just completely out of control. Um, and I, as Shadow Demon with an Ags, jumped him in their secret shot, secret shop, and I just... I just took care of him. He seemed like he was just like turning in place, like just so confused as to what was happening. Yeah. That's great. It's very good. Yep. I think there are some other important changes. Well, (laughs) we should have probably mentioned off the bat, uh, just like with Dark Willow, uh, Pango, he's in captain's mode now. Mm -hmm. Just, just like that. No change. Just toss him in there. What the fuck? I guess that's, I guess that's fine. (laughs) I, uh, I don't know. It's, we, we, people have some criticisms of, of doing this in the middle of a tournament, but also, like, yeah, these days it seems like we're always is, in the middle of a tournament. That's the thing, especially with the new DPC and the six-month patch, you know, every two-week test they're doing. I don't mm-hmm. know how they don't screw it up. Like, it's definitely very weird, because just in the fucking middle of DAC, there's a new hero in CM in Captain's Mode. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. I think... Uh, yeah, EE was on Twitter being like, "Oh, this sucks." Yada yada yada. And then Jack mm-hmm. tweets as a, you know, as a viewer, he loves it. And I can mm-hmm. agree with that. It's cool. I mean, like so what League of Legends does, um this is one of the one of the few times where I will say League of Legends has the right idea, I think, is that when a tournament starts, you're locked to a version. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, "Okay, 7.12 came out." It's like, "Well, tournament's still going. We're still on 7.11. Who yeah, cares?" I remember that. And I think that's probably a good idea. Uh, it's probably, probably a good idea. Like that. But on the other hand, it's kind of cool. I mean, no, no, no. They should just they should just use a regular thing. Cause it's, yeah, I mean, I, it's kind of it's kind of exciting. It's kind of fun. But like, but it it leads to instability kind of and volatility in the game. Yeah, yeah. It's one thing to be a good pro player, and then it's another thing to be able to adapt quickly, and it's another thing to be able to adapt instantly. Like, I don't mm-hmm. think pros should be their, like, the skill of a team shouldn't be judged on their ability to just instantly, within hours, completely adjust. Yeah. Whether it's a big adjustment or not, it's going to change how you play the game. It's like, 
Mm-hmm. I would hope they would have a few days or something, you know. Yeah. It seems a little it seems a little rough. Yeah. So let's knock out the rest of these interesting seven point one two changes. Uh PA, her dagger, stifling dagger, it now pierces BKB. Hmm. That's crazy to me. And I, I don't know, maybe she was she her win rate is bad. I don't think it is. Maybe high high level it was bad. Because her blink Phantom Rush? No, strike? that's Phantom Strike, yes. Her blink already pierces BKB, or like can target BKB units. So now not mm-hmm. only can you jump to them, but you can also throw a ranged dagger at them. And it doesn't do this slow, of course, but you're still possibly getting a crit. Mm-hmm. What happened so previously if you threw a dagger and someone BKB'd while it was in the air? I don't know, actually. I would think it would I'm wondering... go through yeah, because yeah, I was wondering I if this so. is just like, can you just not target them? Because it was physical damage, right? Yeah, I mean, you couldn't target them, but I don't know what would happen. I don't think it would, like, dispel it. Because mm-hmm. it is a projectile. I wonder. We'll never know. Mm-hmm. I guess so. And then, uh, yeah, Phoenix, uh, Phoenix's supernova is now representative of the fact that Phoenix is just a star. Because now it, <laughs> it turns day into night. I mean, supernova, it should be daytime during a, a fucking supernova. Come on. What if it's so bright that it gets dark again? Ooh, that's that's really deep. Yeah, I really Boy. thought so. It 20, definitely wasn't just some trash that I just farted just... out. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then Slardar. Slardar basically, previously his Slytherin, his sprint, whatever the new name they actually gave it. Guardian Sprint. Guardian Sprint, excuse me. It previously, when you activated it, made you take like 15, 17% more damage. Yeah, 15 percent more damage and they just removed that and they nerfed Mm -hmm. the duration a little bit but like hmm (laughs) that's a 15 percent effective hp buff basically i think that change sucks yeah it's a really boring skill right it's just like oh hit this button to go faster it's like well previously there was the trade-off of like but you'll take more damage so think about when it's a good idea yeah it feels it's like a worse version of a league dash like in league of legends Mm -hmm. every character and their mother in the kitchen sink has a dash button and it moves them like a short distance very quickly Mm -hmm. and now this feels like a worse version of that in that every 10 out of like what 17 seconds maybe you can move a little bit faster and this is similar to what happened to Spiritbreaker this patch, who's uh, W empowering haste. Uh, previously, after activating it, you lost its passive movement speed bonus. Yeah, so like it bit. doubled the aura of move speed he gives around him, mm-hmm. and his own like move speed buff because that's his that skill. And then you lose the buff for a few seconds. Right. And now that doesn't happen anymore. You don't lose anything. No. And it's just like okay, well, it still didn't. It already didn't cost any mana. This is just another instance of it of it just becoming a more boring skill. That one I'm less concerned about. Like I, I feel the same way. Yeah, it's kind of like hmm, that's weird. It doesn't have a trade off. That one I'm I'm okay with, I guess, because it is at least a move speed aura, which is a cool thing to have in the mm. game. And you can like activate it for a buff, and we we move a little bit faster. But Slardars is just so boring. Yeah. Like, why not go... I would go the opposite way. Make it... You take 30% more damage, but you're a race car or something. Or just nerf the the cool... The duration. The uptime. Well, with a 30%, then it's like... Then it's basically only useful when you don't think anyone's there. Like... It was uh, he's Slard- a strength it's hero. 
Yeah, but you use it in situations where you don't can't afford mobility items yet. And that situation that means you're underfarmed, you're not strong enough to just tank the tank the hits on the way in, probably. I disagree. You just use it whenever. You always want to be faster. Uh, yeah, that's. I mean, I'm. But I'm like one of its big uses is early game before you have. No, you can outpose a blink HP. dagger. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Make make it twenty twenty percent. Is that okay? Twenty five. Twenty three. Final offer. Take it or leave it. I just think you need to rethink some of these skills. Like I would say, especially empowering haste, because I think, like honestly. The only reason that I'm not as bothered by that one, I still don't think it's a good change, but, like, the movement speed reduction afterwards didn't feel that impactful anyway. No. <laughs> this The skill itself doesn't feel very impactful. It's right. very situational yeah. based on how close your teams and your enemy teams' move speeds, like, generally are on average. Mm-hmm. And I feel like, yeah, I feel like some, some I don't know, I've, I, there's... I think there's a pretty old episode of Bottle Crow where me and uh, host emeritus Emily came up with like a, a redesign for Spirit Breaker that I still think is really cool. But um, hmm. I don't know. I think I think there are some elements of that character that could stand to be reconsidered. He could he could use some, you know, a bow here and there, mm-hmm. some sparkle. Speaking of sparkling, let's segue. Okay. <laughs> Overall, it's okay. I don't know. Overall, happy birthday, great. Ohio. Yay. Ohio turned 25 yesterday. Today. 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 So hopefully he's having a pizza party. Oh. Oh, that's mm. not nice. Mm. That's not a funny joke. Let's move on from your unfunny <laughs> joke to our next topic. Wonderful. What is our next topic? <laughs> oh. <laughs> okay. I didn't know I will I choose it. Um, sure. I, yeah, while we're talking about patches and stuff, there was some game coordinator issues this week. Maybe we even mentioned it last time because the mm-hmm. Dota 2 Twitter account was being weirdly technical. In a way, I don't mm-hmm. mind because I vaguely know what they're talking about. But it's like, oh, that's kind of weird. I wonder who <laughs> I wonder who got the keys to the, uh, the office where they keep all these Twitter accounts again. But they were doing more maintenance. And so they finally said, uh, screw it. We're just going to take everything down for a while. And it was... A longer while than they expected, and so they said, "You know what? We're just going to put the game up with no MMR, no game coordinator, just game matcher. We're just going to put you in a game." And so for some undisclosed amount of hours, I don't remember, like a day or less than a day, there was no MMR. It was just just matching. Mm-hmm. And then Purge said something about this. He was talking about on Twitter how he liked it and he found it fun. Because it was like the old Dota 1 days, and he was talking about ways you could possibly, you know, have that regular experience in Dota. And I I don't know what the, what the fuck he means. <laughs> like, I mean, I think he's referring mean? to, I mean, like, because in, in Dota 1 there wasn't MMR, right? In Dota 1 you just joined a game and it was the game. That's... That's true. I more mean I don't know what the fuck he means by having that actually in the game. Because I get that, like, you know, for these older older folk, people who've been here since Dota 1, it's just any any game where, you know, you played custom games and stuff, even, you know, in Dota 2, when you play custom games, there's not, like, matchmaking, right? Mm-hmm. You'd have to do that externally somehow. So you just play with whoever, regardless of skill level. But that's not sure. fun. no for many people like 50 percent of the people in the game yeah i mean i i like purge right Mm -hmm. 
I think Purge is a cool guy. I think Purge is being dumb here. I think Purge I is think letting nostalgia is. tint his tint his vision, and like actually, that's actually that's bad. I mean, I get even him discussing be like, oh, you know, sometimes I just really wish that games didn't have a fifty percent win rate, and I could just do whatever the fuck I wanted. Was basically one of his tweets. And it's like, no, of course you can't do that, Verge, because then the enemy is having a shit game. Yeah, I mean, like, if that's what you want, then do more in-houses. It's basically smurfing. Like, he, he mentioned yeah. that it was related to smurfing, and he doesn't really know how to solve that problem. But the, you don't solve the problem. You've just described the problem, Verge. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah. It sucks, but when you're, you know, the goal of the game is to get you a 50% win rate. All things considered. Yeah. And, like, you know, I, I understand, right? Like, it's it's nice to feel like you're, you know, like, it's everyone everyone likes the experience of being like, oh, man, I feel like I'm really kicking ass, right? Or, like, I'm really, like, on fire today. But you have to understand that that means that there's someone on the other end who's having a bad day. That's just how this math works. Yeah. I don't, um, like, it was, uh, yeah. it was a baffling thing to see from Mr. Kevin. Yeah, it just it just seems a little underconsidered. Hmm. Oh, hmm. I should have I should have slipped this in earlier. Uh, you've most likely seen it on the Reddit because it was just the the hot shit for a few days. But the actual Malaysian Dominoes, the Dominoes of Malaysia Facebook account, made like some sort of advertisement meme with a reference to a pizza party and eternal energy. So. Life it's a imitating good, it's art. a good image too. It's this guy looks really like he's got like sunglasses on and he looks really like stoked for the pizza, but also kind of stoked in that way where maybe he's really excited to be kicking you off of his Dota team. <laughs> yes. When you feed in your matchups, your teammates feed you pizza party. So Domino's, you know, they've got maybe they hired the newbie Twitter guy. Who's to say? Did you know? Did you know, Nick? No. That there was a, actually a uh, so you know there's a Domino's app on your phone, right? Yes, I'm not on my phone. Hashtag well, not on my phone. But okay. Well, did you know that there was? And I think you you can't download it anymore. I don't I don't think it even still works. But there was for Japan a Domino's Pizza app, uh, which was a Domino's app featuring Hatsune Miku. It's a collaboration between Hatsune Miku and Domino's, uh, so that basically you can order pizza or take pictures uh, with Hatsune Miku, and oh, then you when you take, order your I'm pizza, sorry. I'm sorry, you can take pictures. Uh huh. With ha- yeah, ha- I forget Hatsune Hatsu- Miku. Hatsune Miku, Hatsune. and you you know you'd hold up your camera, and uh, Hatsune would be there, and she'd be she'd be you know she'd be there with you, uh, <laughs> and the you pizza could create app. a video, and then I <laughs> think you could also for a limited time get you know your pizza boxes would have. Have 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 Ms. Miku on them, um, and that's all gone now. What? Because we can't have good things anymore. Okay. Well, <laughs> why? Why Japan? I, I guess why didn't you sense. keep it? What's wrong? Yeah. With you? Why? That was, you had a perfect idea. And yeah, then cross promotion can't last forever, I guess, because eventually, eventually, Hatsune was like, "Well, what am I getting out of this?" Yes. Like the, I'm fucking. The, is, is popping she, up your brand. Is that the Vocaloid part, or is that like the virtual girl representation? What is a Hatsune Miku? I actually do not know. Now that I think, about there's it. no line. Oh, I see. Those are the same thing. Uh, I, oh, Hatsune okay. Miku originally 
refer to the uh, vocalization software, the Vocaloid software, which was used to, uh, you know, simulate the sound of someone singing. Yes. Um, But there is a character associated with that. She does concerts. She's been on uh, fucking, like, talk shows. Like... (laughs) This does it's sound at, very Japanese, so that does make sense. It's at a point where, like, yeah, there's there's no... Who's who's the guy that, that fucking Stephen Colbert took over for? The late night guy? Oh, um... Uh... Uh... Like, the super, like, uh, ridiculous that we don't know his name uh, guy? Uh, Jared... It wasn't Leto. Jared Leto? No, Leto? it wasn't Jay Leto. Letterman. Yes, Leto. of course. Jesus, how could... Wait, yeah. you're telling me this... This Japanese Hatsune I'm telling Miku. you that Hatsune Miku was on what? David Letterman's show. Hatsune Miku Letterman. It's coming up in the suggested. And <laughs> DG was. Wow. Mm-hmm. That is that's intense. Yeah. No, it's it's a it's a big deal. That's wow, she's a big deal. Do we so this is I've 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 this makes sense now that they had the. Dom- I figured Domino's would have their own thing in Japan because in Japan the thing is to have your own like cartoon character mascot, right? Right, but like I mean that's like that's you need like to have saying we Domino's don't... Chan or something. But that's yeah. like saying I mean like they probably do, but that's also like saying we don't need to make a deal with Pokemon. We can just make our own monsters. It's like well nobody will fucking care about yours. I'm searching like... Domino's Chan Japanese. <laughs> it comes up. I'm Welcome not... to our podcast. Domino's for the good content. Uh, what what would you even call that kind of thing? Like Domino's pizza person, personality idol idol. No, nope, not oh, seeing anything for this. It's it. Yeah, I'm I'm in fact seeing a little bit of Hatsune Miku stuff here. Um, Unthinkable. Yeah, actually, you know, at six. This is a great time. I was going to bring it up. I have this uh, up and coming. Dota 2 Idol, she wanted to come on to our show to interview, to be our new spoke uh, idol. I, idol is the, the oh, word. Well, no, where are we going? So it, here we go. Buckle my seatbelt. <laughs> I, I should have uh, been sitting on this for a while. It would have been a great thing to bring up in the middle of the show. Uh, here, let me see if I can throw anything together for you real quick. Entertain yourself for like 15 seconds. You guys don't like my eyes are like legitimately darting around the room right now. I don't know what's happening. Like Nick actually left. <laughs> What's happening? Uh, okay, you ready? Sure. What are you doing in my swamp? That effect was highly underwhelming. Uh, let me, yeah, let me maybe a little. That was supposed to be like a. That what are you doing in my swamp? And I don't know what this accent is either, as usual. Well, it's definitely not a Vocaloid, Nick. Well, no, but I don't have a Vocaloid installed on my computer. Then why did you wind it up like that, Nick? I wanted to wind you up. Because <laughs> when you get knocked down, you get up again. <sighs> Nick, despite your terrible One of these days, I'm gonna keep content. No, you're never going to keep me down. I'm going to give us a quick palate cleanser, Nick. I'm going to kick it to an interview that I previously did with co-host of The Garnet Wager, another podcast that I do, Alan. Uh, Alan had never seen any Dota 2 before, and I showed them a Dota match, and we talked about it. Oh, excellent. Take it away, also me. (laughs) 
Welcome back to Bottle Crow. I'm going to be hosting this episode, this section of this episode. My name's Alan Ibrahim. Uh, I'm a podcaster. I've never played Dota seriously in my life. Uh, I'm joined as, by your usual co-host, Six Detmar. Um, Six, you got me hi. to... <laughs> hi. hi. Hello. Uh, you got me to watch Dota. I did. That's true. I uh, I sort of teased the idea of for one of our other shows where occasionally we can force each other to watch or play things of forcing you to watch some Dota and then I was like, well that might not happen. So let's just let's just do this thing. Hmm. The thing is it's one of those like I have a friend who tried to get me into improv for a while and I am like trying to take improv classes, but there I was like, oh no, what happens if I like get too into it? And then they were like, well what you're asking me is what happens if you get too into a thing where people like each other and it's like a good healthy thing to be good at. And I was like, oh shit. <laughs> that's not true with dota if you, if you got me into dota my life would be demonstrably different i wouldn't say worse i think i think watching dota might be safe uh getting you into playing dota definitely seems like uh uh slippery slope yeah i'm not gonna push you towards that because that's a that's a you know that's like me handing you like you know a, i'm sorry for this comparison dota players but you also know i'm right it's me handing you a crack pipe and walking away and being like have fun with that like no that's no that's bad i can't do that yeah i can't play i, I can't do mobas and i played these before i listen kids listen uh i played mobas back in like 07 08 no wait when did the league of legends beta come out i was playing the league of legends that. beta Okay. I didn't understand what the fuck it was, what was going on. Why does this control like this? Why is this hard? Like, everyone just dies really fast, and you're like, it, like, imagine playing a MOBA for the first time and not knowing what you're supposed to be doing. Mm-hmm. That's what it was, cause I was like, I played Warcraft 3, but like, why am I just supposed to like run and, and kill people? Cause I've played multiplayer games where you do that, and it's just not that. It's not about, like, be like f- hurting the other opponent it's about playing a chess game and and playing several moves ahead mm-hmm. at least that's how i understood it from the match that we watched yeah i mean you know at a lower level it's it's less chess like um i might say or maybe it is more chess like but just like really bad chess <laughs> like really bad chess um yeah so we watched uh we watched one game we watched game 3 of the grand finals of the international 20 20- 15 yes which was uh newbie versus evil geniuses uh this game was heralded by a lot of people at the time as the the best game of the tournament um very back and forth game china versus america except for not really because most of the american players aren't actually american (laughs) it's on an american team so this is your first time watching a, a dota match right yes like a full match yeah totally yeah, you've seen like little snippets, I'm sure, just by being on the internet. Right, but... exactly. Um, um, so I guess first off, like, I feel like the most obvious, like, <sighs> hmm, speed bump to appreciating Dota is just understanding what the fuck is going on. <laughs> just on a basic level, like on a microscopic level. Yeah, so like how do, how how digestible were you finding things? Um obviously I was I was on on mic with you, I was watching with you and sort of trying to trying to narrate and help make things make sense. But right, so like I did have the benefit of of having played a little bit of Heroes of the Storm, 
recently, basically just enough to unlock it when they had like Overwatch skins that you could get. Mm. I played with a couple people. Uh, but here's the storm is like very simple, especially in like we were just playing against bots, like just hitting the enemies. So what I mean is like I know what people are now trying to do, which is like you're trying to take out the enemy's like big tower at the end of their base. Uh, mm-hmm. And you have to know like basic stuff like the idea of last hits and the re- the way respawns work and teleporting and the like ultimates and the level ups. Like I actually know a decent bit about the like language of Dota. I imagine mm-hmm. that stuff would be really, really hard to explain to someone who knew none of it. Uh, yeah. Because you're like, all right, you understand strategy games? Yeah, I guess you click and then the unit goes and it's like, all right, now take that. Except you're playing as one unit and you're very powerful, but you're at the same time very vulnerable. How do you navigate the space when you have both of those kind of angels and devils on your shoulder? Um, mm-hmm. So like that stuff, I kind of understand. Um, but all of the minutia, especially like the early game, uh, I need it. I just was like, uh, say, none of this is clicking. Like, what am I looking at? Basically, because mm-hmm. it's, yeah, it's think- such a mind game at that point. Yeah, I feel like especially like a fairly passive uh, laning stage, which is what they call like usually like the first like 10 minutes or so can it, the length can vary. But, you know, that that first part where everyone's just in their lane trying to get their farm and, you know, establish a foothold that part. If if people are playing like not super aggressively, then it's just really like hard from the outside to understand like what's like what's important and what's not, because it seems like people are just sort of are just doing their thing. Right. Right. Um, and I feel like, I don't know, that's that's just a part that it takes a while for you to appreciate. If I can manage to rope you into watching more in the future, uh, you may get more of a sense for it. But, like, really, it's just the games where, where things, where something, like, dramatic ha- happens from the very beginning. Or otherwise, it's just a bunch of, like, fighting for inches. And the inches, because of, you know, the time and the snowballing effect of Dota, inches become feet, become miles. So Right, you can't get the like big exciting plays that were in the second half of this match without the setup and the leveling up and the fee and the farming that was done at the beginning. Like there were points at the beginning where I was like, This person is literally standing still. What are they doing? And you're like, Well, they're mm-hmm. they're playing a game that you're not even seeing. Like they're playing a mental game and clearly communicating with their team and, and like doing recon and all this stuff. But all mm-hmm. I'm seeing is, like, this character is standing still. Why are they? And then you're like, oh, no, there's a camera watching them, and they didn't know that. And I'm like, that's so cool. I didn't even know that. Yeah. Yeah, the vision game is a, another thing that's, like, it's really, you know, if you if you understand RTSs, you have a slightly better understanding of that. But it's, like, the idea of occasionally they'll hit a button to switch the fog of war. Um, yeah. And so it's sort of like you're just watching a thing and they're like, oh, they hit a button. And it's like, okay, here's what the other team sees. And it's just like blackness. And you're like, oh, God. Yeah. Uh, Dota is Dota is actually terrifying all the time. I mean, you know, you played Heroes of the Storm. It's it's I think it's worse than in Heroes of the Storm. It's just terrifying how much you don't know at any given moment. Right. And that's really hard to convey, like you said, when you're broadcasting something like this. Because mm-hmm. the cameraman, shout outs to the camera person who just has to like figure out how to make this look interesting and what's interesting about it. Um, but they don't, yeah. They like, by default, they keep the fog of war off, so everything just looks like, oh, everyone should know what they're doing. But then you mentioned, like, oh, if you have high ground on someone, they can't see you. And if you have high ground on them, you can see everything that they're doing and, like, this kind of mental math that you have to do when you have the sight advantage that they can't do. Uh, also... Just like kind of like getting progressing into like when the cool stuff started happening, when the cool like Dota things uh, started happening. Um, 
I love the idea that Dota is a game about like putting your opponent into positions where they feel overwhelmed and like terrified. Mm-hmm. That's a really cool and I can imagine a very satisfying thing because I've played enough games that are like have like hardcore death penalties, uh, sort of like Dota does, where it's like, oh, if this person dies, you just ruined their night, and mm-hmm. they could have done the same thing to me. Yeah, yeah, it's it's there's a lot of like. Especially the the end part where like you're you're sieging high ground, right? It's just like the pressure of being cooped up in your base, and they're just like you know just you know the barbarians are at your door, and you're just sort of sitting there like I the, the fuck do we do? And to just the pressure builds up. Um, and even like you know amateur players do this all the time, but even pros, it's sort of a game of like how long can you take the pressure and fight the urge to try and do something, right? So. So, we, what were the like big plays that you remembered from this match that were like, we, I can try to recall? I mean, like, so a lot of a lot of the stuff that we ended up talking about was kind of like the um, the way, like the the sort of the the builds that um, the team compositions were both uh, fairly like emphasis, emphasized on team fighting. They both wanted to fight a lot. Yeah, and so there were a lot of situations where like one team would go for a fight and like take too long to get a kill, and then everything would get turned around on them. Um, I'm thinking in particular there was one point where they were fighting uh, mid, and the clockwork, the one who has like the hook shot, like zipped in and you know trapped somebody in, and they managed to survive. And the fight just kept going and kept going until Slark showed up from you know from the north and just started murdering everyone. Right. Ugh, that's Slark. <laughs> Yeah, didn't didn't end up doing enough, but that he- like it's just that hero. That hero is so oh, you can't you can't leave him alone or he will destroy you. Yeah, there for ma- the majority of the game I was asking you like does this is this guy going to get good at some point? Like is his like skills going to develop to where he can use his character to its full potential? And you're like I don't know, like they're buying the wrong things and like they're not like making the right plays. And then there was just like one point where you're like, "Oh, they're unstoppable. They are <laughs> they are a death machine right now." And I'm like, "Holy shit. That's very cool." Yeah, it was uh it was I mean, if if people remember the match, it was aggressive on Slark and he was picking he was picking a lot of items like, you know, He's a pro, I'm not, but from the outside, it seemed like he was making some really questionable choices, he didn't really have any damage, and then it was like, oh wait, now he's got, like, now he's got an abyssal blade, and it's just like, okay, everybody, everybody's done. Right. You can just, you can just have that turning point. That's so cool, like, people, one of the, again, as somebody who doesn't play these, like, one of the barriers for me and a lot of other, like, people who don't play Dota is the length of a match, Um, but you just, you gotta have every minute of that uh for all of the different it's like it's like a three-act play like you need to have like the build up the release and then the come down uh Mm -hmm. of of all of that and you like that's not something you can do in in, like under 30 minutes realistically even in like a like a randoms game unless it's a complete stomp and then that's like just yeah it's not even like real dota that's just like uh you're practically playing against bots you know yeah, yeah, and you know we we do see stomps sometimes in, in Pro Dota. We do see games that are like eighteen minutes long on occasion. Yeah, but it's just it's just brutal, and it's like it's not like it's not entertaining to watch, but it's not, it doesn't feel like the real Dota, you know? Right, it is a sport in that way, absolutely. Like you want to watch people, you want to watch the everyone I know in real life who cares about like football wants the Super Bowl to be a close game. Nobody like everyone wants their team to win, but nobody wants their team to sweep because it's not that fun to be like, yeah, we did win. All right, we got the big trophy. Mm-hmm. 
because the underdog story is just so good. Um, yeah, go ahead. So there was probably a little too much for you to digest to have a take here, but I just thought I'd ask, is there any, like, players or teams or heroes or anything that you came out of that being like, man, I want to see more of that? <laughs> Actually, uh, I don't remember the names, but there was a guy um, who you were saying, like, this guy tends to play, like, he's, like, at the time was, like, 15 years old or 16 years old. Ah. Uh. Yes, Sumail. Sumail, and you're just like, this guy is just a, a wild card. Like, he he always plays cocky. And I was like, yes, I finally found myself insert in the game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, Sumail, Sumail plays, yeah, I'm, I, I, I feel weird giving these because I feel like the audience is going to be like, yeah, we fucking know six. But, like, uh, yeah, Sumail, ridiculously skilled, and uh, boy, he has a little bit of a, a bit of confidence on his side, huh? I mean, it, a lot of it is well-earned. Like, he's on a very good team and, and plays very well. It's just, like, he'll take risks that he shouldn't. I can tell that mm-hmm. from the little bit that I watched that I'm like, oh, this person is uh, reaching a little bit for the extra mm-hmm. kill or something. Yeah, and that was especially true back then. You know, he's had he's had another three years since then to grow up, and he's, he's, he's certainly curbed some of that since. But it's not all gone, I'll tell you that. Yeah, I really liked that. I really liked, um, was the, the lava guy was in this match, right? Uh, Ember Spirit? Ember Spirit seems like a fun one. Yeah, well, Sumail is playing him. Yeah, so there you go. He'll definitely make him look fun. Um, I like I like that you... I was asking you at some point, like, do you tend to follow the personalities of Dota? And you're like, yeah, like, there's enough of them that everybody has, like, somebody that they like. But it's not, like, the only thing worth watching. Like, you, you think of Sumail as the real-life person, but more so you think of, like, how he plays Ember Spirit. Like, that is who his character is. Because uh, mm-hmm. we don't get too 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 involved in Dota players' personal lives, they do with the way we do with like other professional sports. I mean, sometimes we do, like when they say terrible shit. But like, sure, you know, they are at the end of the day their Dota character uh, mm-hmm. or characters. Because I know of the whole draft thing, which like again, things that aren't super exciting if you've never watched Dota before. Uh, that the draft at the beginning is all mental math that I'm not seeing mm. <laughs> that I'm just like, uh, I'm just staring at a screen for 10 minutes. Yeah. My, uh, my sister, Emily, uh, we like, I like, I was with her for a lot of her process of getting into Dota. And there was the moment, like we were, we were watching, we watched the international, we were living under the same roof at that time. And we watched one of the internationals together. We just had it on the TV streaming for like, you know, four or five days. Um, Jeez. and there was a point on like day three where she like where where it all clicked like she'd figured out you know the game bit by bit but there was a moment where it's like oh man like she's watching the draft and she's a pick she sees a pick and she's just like oh my god you know she has that moment of just like because the draft is you know if you 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 have those games where there's like a crowd mic right the, the draft is where people lose their shit you just you see some picks and people just lose their minds sometimes um it's 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 really exciting but yeah it is also from the outside it's just sort of like what they're picking their favorite color dude you know cool um because right, you were telling me like because of the whole you pick and then you also pick who the other people can't choose uh mm-hmm. is interesting because then it like i said it's, it's a multiple steps ahead mind game and everybody has to main multiple characters like nobody you can't play your one character because they'll just block it and then you're done so rest in peace admiral bulldog yes exactly what you just said Sorry, there's a, 
uh, pro player named Admiral Bulldog, who was kind of a, uh, okay, let's be a two hero specialist. Um, <laughs> and that might be why he's not as much of a pro anymore. Oh, he's, he's great. He's doing a lot of streaming. He plays every now and then on, on pro stuff. He's still very skilled, but, uh, his, his lack of flexibility was a problem at times. Right. It's, it's a game where you have to be able to adapt to so many different situations. Like that's where the thousands of hours of practice comes from. It's not just like learning strategies and learning to work with your team, but also learning to fight so many different types of opponents, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's stuff that I'm like, like people, people hear the numbers and hear about like the esports houses where they just like house a bunch of kids and give them a bunch of energy drinks and just let them play Dota 24 uh, seven. And people are like, that seems so weird. And it's like, no, but like, how do you get good at anything? Is you just do you just throw your your head at it over and over again until it stops? It until it's like second nature. Mm-hmm. And so you know that was a fun thing to think about while watching this game. Was like, oh, these guys are like definitely talking in the booth, but they're also clearly just in sync in a way, uh, like Pacific Rim style, where they're just like, oh, we know what we're doing. We already have like this whole. We have the next like ten minutes planned, and it's like really exciting mm-hmm. to watch. So okay, let's. Uh... I'll close out with a series of questions. Excellent. Uh, first off, like, would you want to do this again sometime? Would you want to watch more more pro Dota? Uh, with you, definitely, because um, you're very good at making the complex seem not only simple but like palatable and really like mm-hmm. like delicious. Like you're able to like put a nice sauce on a food that I didn't think I liked. You know what I mean? Cause, cause like I've played other, I've like played fighting games with you before where I was like, I don't understand shit about this. And then within like five to 10 minutes of playing against you, I was like, oh, I can hold my own now just cause I like get, like, you know how to explain it to me specifically. So like, I would definitely watch Dota again with you here and there just to like see more, like understand more of the history of it. Like watch, watch more of the like famous matches. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So that was, that was going to be my next question is you like, so you'd prefer to sort of like look through the archives rather than like, you know, it's it's not like next time there's a big tournament you want to be like, hey, let's watch this one live. You want to go back and sort of see see that like the big matches of history, you think? I mean, in general, I think I prefer that. But I guess the cool thing about watching it live would be like watching history happen and watching the crowd react to something that's like monumental. But you can't guarantee something like that. Like a final is probably mm-hmm. going to be exciting. If we wanted yeah. to watch a final live together sometime. Uh, we could try it probably work. I would probably be interested in that. But yeah, in general, I would like prefer to see like the matches that people reference all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. And then I guess the, the final question that I'm kind of obligated to ask, <laughs> what is it going to take to put you in a Dota today? Uh, money, like actual money. <laughs> Real talk, probably like some sort of like I will... It feels shitty. I feel bad saying it. Like, I'd play Dota. I would play it just because you asked and we're friends, and that's fine. But if you ask, if you were like, what will it take to get you to, like, play consistently? Yeah, no, it's not happening. <laughs> so, guys, uh, my GoFundMe is going to be starting after this, uh, <laughs> funding uh, Alan playing Dota for the rest of his life. Um, if you can give us, uh, let's, let's say, what... what what seems like a reasonable goal? You think like seven hundred dollars a month, Alan? Yeah, I'd say about seven hundred, eight hundred a month. That'll get okay, me going. Eight hundred a month. Eight hundred a month for Alan to uh, never play any other video game. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so uh, link will be in the show notes. And uh, Alan, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you for having me on your your fancy bottle show. That's what it's called, right? It's called of the course. bottle show. 
The Bottle Show. <laughs> bottle Show Reborn. Steve and Gary. <laughs> they don't talk much. Steve and Gary, they're quiet. No, they're very, they're very quiet. They're very, very polite, you know? One of these days, we're going to stop talking, me and Nick, and they'll get a chance to speak. But until then, they're just, they're yielding ground. Yeah. They just sit in the background politely. Is there anything you would like to plug? Any any promotional uh, work you would like to do? Uh, sure, I'll, I'll give you the rounds. Basically, if you want to follow me on Twitter, that's where you'll find most of my stuff. It's at Alan Ibrahim. That's spelled A-L-L-E-N-I-B-R-A-H-I-M. I know it's a long one, but it's my name, and I don't really know how to come up with like nicknames. Uh, I host, I co-host three podcasts. One is the Garnet Wager, which I host with um, someone called Six, I guess, if I read the paper correctly. I don't actually know them very well, but basically... Numbers aren't names. <laughs> numbers aren't names. That's, that. there's something to that. Uh, it's a good show. We watch the Korean uh, game show, The Genius, and then we play games and have a lot of fun and assign each other work. But it's like fun, happy work. Uh I also co-host Chats, a television podcast, which is a TV podcast that I do with my friend Magellan. You can find that wherever you listen to podcasts. And finally, that one's weekly. Finally, you can listen to my monthly show, Fireside Friends, which I host with Ryan and Katie over at FiresideFriends.net. It's like a pop culture discussion podcast. It's much more broad. It's much more like homey and friendly. um, And they're all good times. So that's me. Excellent. Well, yeah. Thanks again for joining me. And uh, until next time. But there won't be a next... Well, maybe there'll be a next time. I don't know. Well, for now, peace out. Peace. And we're back for more talk about Dota from people who, who play Dota. Occasionally. That's oh, a transition. Oh, yeah, I'm back. I forgot to even mention because we just dived immediately into the patch. Mm-hmm. So now when nobody's listening, uh, I'm... Yeah, my computer's back. I got a replacement graphics card for mine that blew up. We played a game last night. We did. I've played a few games of Dota this week. It was a bad game. It was very poor. Colin was immediately tilted because we were playing with a three stack of people who were like pre-tilted. I was very upset. I like, I I picked a roaming enchantress and then uh, Ricky picked... Like, you know, someone picked a Ricky, and it was like, hey, I'm going to roam. You better go off lane. I was like, oh, okay. Cool, I guess. Uh, I was like, okay, well, that, that sucks. I hate it when that happens. And it's like, he just stood there, like, leeching XP. Like, literally, like, stood there, basically like, AFK. Did not issue a move command. Um, and, like, I got killed, and he could have stopped it because, you know, like, fucking, he, he, he was level two because he was leeching so much fucking XP at this point in the game. Um... And, like, you know, Pudge just set up for an easy hook with Gyro's missile. And it's like, okay, well, if you dropped a, a smoke screen, I would have gotten out just fine. And I was like, hey, can you, like, harass him? Like, help a little bit? And apparently me suggesting that, that he do much. something. Yeah. That was a bridge so he too just, far. So I think the rest of the game, or at least I muted him after a bit. But, like, I think the only other things he said for the rest of the time that I could hear him was, hey, am I harassing enough? As he literally did nothing. Yes. Um, it was... It was an unfortunate way to return to Dota after a week and a half. Of it me was just strange. Playing Breath of the Wild really too much. I played a lot of Breath of the Wild. I'm like halfway through the game. Well, it's hard to judge that. But I'm like halfway-ish through the game in terms of percentage-wise probably. It's mm-hmm. a good game. It is a good Breath game. Breath of the Wild. I, have, I played on the Wii U. I don't know if it's better on the Switch, but it has 
frame issues, like FPS issues. So it was a little unfortunate. It was like, oh, I forgot. Yep, this happens on consoles a lot. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it's it's a pretty game. It's fun. Hmm. Good good gaming experience. Well, I'm glad you're back and That's not playing Breath of the Wild anymore. My Dota vacation. Nick, I wanted to give you a lore of the week this week. You do? And it turns out, like, I, I have fallen a bit short, but also... It's interesting to talk about why. Um, okay. So, occasionally you uh, like eagle-eared. What's keen-eared? What's the what's the saying here? People who hear good. Uh, uh, yes, eagle-eared. Definitely attentive. Eagle-eared. Attentive listeners may have noticed that Ears we have off. this uh, this hilarious joke we do sometimes, <laughs> where like Katowice. Yes, where where if someone says like Katowice or Changsha. Uh, we will play a little sound sample underneath it of of a, of a lady saying those names. Because when it comes to majors or minors or Dota tournaments in foreign countries, we often have no idea how to say. It. Yeah, we often mispronounce things, and we want we we want to reinforce the correct pronunciation, and also you know it's just kind of a fun little gag. Um, and I was looking into it last week, and I was like, wow, like. In so many different words. It's it's the 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 you like YouTube page is Emma saying, and Emma saying also has a website emmasaying.com. dot com. And I was like, wow, this is really this is really like weird, but like kind of a handy resource, and it's interesting. If and you've I'm never seen one through. of these videos, it is like I think around twenty seconds for the most of the part, and mm-hmm. I think Emma. Well, and on there's a voice on the video that says one word or like a, a phrase, a very small phrase, like maybe three times with a solid like three to four seconds of silence, maybe five seconds of silence in between. Mm-hmm. And it's it's honestly a little bit baffling. Yeah. The, the I don't know, the percentage of actual content to silence, I don't understand why it's not just the person in the video saying, Katowice, Katowice, mm-hmm. Katowice. Instead it's one, two, Katowice. Katowice. <laughs> yeah, it's, like it's that. weird. It's weird. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so we we started referencing that a lot as 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 fun little gags to underlay. And by the way, listeners, if you've been keeping track, I probably have to do like twenty of those now yeah. um, on this episode. And I listened. I was listening to the samples for uh, some some words that come up a lot. On this show, uh, so I listen, looks listen to Bottle and Crow, um, and I use I use those for a very small gag near the end of the last episode, and then I was like, hang on a second, and I listened to the Bottle one again, and that's not Emma. That's not Emma. Like all of the ones that we've listened to, it is clearly the same person mm-hmm. with sort of this uh, like I I would say an intentionally indistinct accent, very clear. Um, sometimes over-enunciating, noticeably often blowing out the mic just a little bit. Or just recording on a very poor microphone a lot of the time. That's also possible, yeah. Um, but definitely also and, peaking, like over-saturating yeah. the mic. Mm-hmm. It's, um, but, like, it's you know, you know Emma when you hear Emma. <laughs> You've and spent this a is lot like, of time with Emma at this point, I'm sure. This is just some British lady. This isn't Emma. 
I kind of have to agree. I mean, we have three samples of the bottle voice on the bottle video. I initially thought maybe it was some sort of Slavic accent because the toll part of bottle is very, like, glottal is probably mm-hmm. the, the correct word. And yeah, so it I think that's like, fair. Bottle. If it was in the same, you know, and when I hear that toll sound, I think of quotal. But there wasn't that kind of the, the bois or the, the hua mm-hmm. for the O part. That would be more like Russian Slavic, you know, bottle. It's mm-hmm. you're right. It is bottle. Yeah, it's a very clear bot. Uh, I'll play it for you right here. Bottle. So that got me thinking. Like, what is the deal with Emma saying? Why does she have just like thousands of videos, very short videos, not necessarily like very well produced, honestly, with the sound and the silence? It's. Yeah, it's uh, and at first I could have sworn a lot of these were computer generated voice because the mic was so bad, basically, mm-hmm. just the way the microphone was set up when she says these things. And it's I don't it's it's kind of eerie, honestly. It's one of these yeah. things you discover on the internet. It's just so vast, yet so like dissonant somehow. It's a little bit eerie, a little bit creepy. So, Emma saying is uh, was started in 2012. Uh, the the project was started apparently. It seems like by a lady named Emma. We don't have a last name. We don't know if Emma is her real name. And she said she wanted to create a pronunciation video for every word in the dictionary. We don't know what dictionary she was using. At the end of 2015, she achieved this goal. <laughs> At that time, uh, she said that according to, like, the numbers she had, she had the uh, YouTube page with the most videos on YouTube. I don't know if that's held true. Um, But that's, she has, at this point, around 200,000 videos. Wow. (laughs) Um, So ever since 2015, she's slowed down a bit because she went through the dictionary, and now she's mostly doing, like, proper nouns and stuff, or, or new interesting words as they come up in the zeitgeist. Um, I wonder if she has one for Zeitgeist. I'm not going to put it in the episode. Fuck you. Yep, Um, it's coming in. Emma saying Zeitgeist. How to pronounce Zeitgeist. Shit. (laughs) Let's let's wait. Zeitgeist. She sounds sounds very, very, like, German-British here. Here, I'll put it in in our Discord. Tell me what you think. Mm-hmm. Zeit- live reacts I think she's I think she's trying hard to respect the native language of the lang- of the word okay I was wondering I think that's probably a goal for her in this project anyway on, on the about page on emmasang.com it says emmasang is an English, English pronunciation dictionary project that began in 2012 the goal is simple create a, create a pronunciation video for each and every word in the English language we also add tutorials and word versus word comparison videos. Note the we. And then in the next line, if you have requests, suggestions, or if you found a mistake, please do contact me and I'll do my best to correct it quickly. Me. All. Is this plural or is it not? Hmm. This is confusing. This is a, it is. a rabbit hole. I was, I had a chuckle because I went to the home, the YouTube.com slash user slash Emma saying, 
And of course, the top five videos are how to pronounce sext, how to pronounce sex, how to pronounce sext once again, and how to pronounce, compare sax versus sex, and then how to pronounce doge. So mm-hmm. I'm glad to see YouTube has done its job well. Yeah, no, having, having a good time. Um, so here's, here's another interesting detail, right? We have all this stuff. We have not a lot of detail about who Emma is, or if there are multiple Emmas, or if it's an organization that runs under the name Emma. There is a Patreon for Emma saying. Really? This Patreon, if you look at it, this Patreon uh, was, I, it's unclear when it was started because there's no date here. It's, uh, it seems like it was probably 2015, judging by the text describing it. Mm-hmm. It's sort of like here, dear MSAing fans, I'm glad to say we accomplished our goal. Biggest channel on YouTube. Uh, it's been a wild three years, so that suggests 2015. And it was like, maybe, maybe I, I can't, I feel I cannot commit to this any longer. Uh, unless I can get some support, right? I get some funding. This Patreon has two patrons and is for $5 a month and has had no posts in the last three years. Hmm. I think this is fake. I I think this is not the real Emma saying. Because if it was, like, Emma's been busy. Emma's been posting videos. Like, not like, not as fast as she used to, but it's not like she spent the last three years doing nothing. And yet this, this Patreon page, nothing has been posted. It's confusing. I don't know. I'd have to think about or look up the Patreon, like, verification stuff. Because it has Mm -hmm. a link to her YouTube page in the, like, built in to the Patreon. It does. It does not have a link to her website. No. It does not have a link to any, like... Facebook uh, Facebook account, or, well, not Facebook account, that wouldn't have that, but, like, a Twitter. It doesn't have any, like, contact information on here, except for just, like, you know, become a patron or, like, tweet about it, right? You're saying somebody's trying to, to profit off of the incredible, whatever you would call MSA's body of work. Efforts. The wow. oeuvre. The oeuvre. oeuvre. And they're getting $5 a month for this? I think yeah. I think it was a failed attempt to take to take Emma saying fans money. Uh, about she has her email here, right? Uh, not on the Patreon, but you can mm. get it from her site. Yes, contact. I'm gonna I'm gonna email her. I thought about doing it, and then I was like, I don't want to be like, hey, I'm from some stupid podcast. What's up? I'm just gonna um, ask if her her uh, Patreon is legit. That's that's a good question to ask. I guess we'll have to have follow up on that on another podcast. But this anyway, I went into this being like, I'm going to do all this research and I'm going to track this town and I'm going to figure out what's going on. And I just came away with more questions. This is it's something I've been curious about from the, the first time you had to you know put in Katowice a bunch and we looked up just a bunch of very stupid saying videos. And then we realized just what we had stepped in, you know, this vast just hundreds of thousands of videos of single words recorded sometimes very poorly. Mm-hmm. It's a strange world to, to find ourselves in. Huh. All right. So uh, we'll move on to some regular Dota talk. Uh, Emma saying I know is incredibly Dota corollary, but mm-hmm. 
Do we talk about Dota 2 here? We used to. Okay, I've submitted a form to Emma. Also, ask her to say Dota. Have you checked? You can You've You checked. can request words. No, of course. No, I haven't. Colin? You're, you're kidding. Colin, I am... Just uh, hold on. I got you. I got you. You're kidding. I got you. <laughs> I fucking what? got you. August what? 3rd, 2017. <laughs> this Dota 2. This is unreal. <laughs> I don't understand what this is. This is this is scary. It's I just... mean, she takes requests. She says that on her website. If you have a request for something for her to say, you can That's send it true. to her. This video, I am... I shit you not, I'm the 420th viewer. I would be unbelievably amused if she had, if you know, popped up on the screen, Dota 2, and then she said, Defense of the Ancients 2. <laughs> I would have lost my shit. I mean, I'm kind of already losing my shit. Oh my god. I don't... <laughs> Why did she pronounce Dota 2? It must have been a request. Uh, or... what, she... you know? what if she plays Dota? What if Emma plays Dota? No. Is that too much to hope for? Yes. It is. You're you're most likely correct. It is incredibly unlikely. Nick, what's going on with Navi? Navi, what is that? Is does she pronounce Navi? Hold on. Don't don't Emma stop. I will Navi. end this podcast. You get back in your seat. Dang it. <laughs> so close. It doesn't not appear. At least I can't find it initially. Okay, I'm sitting down. I've fastened my seatbelt. Um, so Navi, I think we mentioned last time or two episodes ago that the CEO said that due to their lackluster performance, they were examining other routes and they're going to make some changes. And no. And then he said, no, nope, they're not. Well, no, that's not, that's not quite right. Um, it isn't? the CEO said that they were going to like, they were going to like, they were going to make some changes. They were going to try some, some different things, but he didn't say they were going to kick anyone. Mm. And basically, and so he was like, Hey, we're going to do work. Our work is going to come in the form of doing some training and some, you know, some boot camps and figuring this shit out. We're going to work it out. We're not going to kick anybody. Uh, yes. yes. So I don't think he contradicted himself. It just sounded like it was worse than it actually was. Perhaps. Indeed. I don't remember the original saying or statement from them. But I'm glad that they've, you know, stuck with their roster because they have a non-trivial amount of, you know, DPC points. They and still also, have a I feel to like get in the qualifiers that way. I feel like the Navi organization has a good history of trying to make things work rather than just immediately exploding. It it does, for sure. So. Which is always a nice thing to have in the scene, and we'd like to encourage that. Indeed. I think lastly, before we, we move on to everybody's favorite segment, uh, I don't know if anybody's ever heard of this person, but apparently there's a music pack being worked on by The Fat Rat. Their name is The Fat Rat. They're a German... And they describe themselves as glitch hop electro house, like DJ, composer, producer. And that's nothing what this, this is. is like. uh, this is hard because I wanted to make like I love a uh, man. I love their second album kind of joke, you know, like they're like, oh, that sounds like a band name. But it it's a <laughs> it's already music adjacent. I can't do that. I'm I'm sorry. I should have teed the ball up for you a little bit. But this person, the fat rat, I, uh, the real name escapes me. They apparently were the DJ for. The something major. The fat I would refer to them as a DJ hero. hero. 
a DJ here. They ESL won Hamburg, Hamburg, mm. 2017. They were the DJ for the grand final opening ceremony. So that's cool. So we've we've known they've been working on a music pack for the game for a little bit now, months at least. And then Who he posted win? another. The fat rat or dead mouse? Who? How many? I mean, they're both. Like they're both rodents. Five or dead mouse four. Yes. Excellent. It sounds like a Chinese, Korean, like Southeast Asia movie soundtrack, like epic thing. Hmm. So it sounds pretty cool to me, at least from this kind of short Instagram preview. But hey, looking forward to more music packs. Hopefully. Yeah, that's that's. I feel like that's what we get the least of. So it's cool to cool to keep an eye on that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and honestly. Perhaps this is a little cynical because it is more like Chinese, like Koreanish. It probably has a higher chance of getting in the game because there's an actual event every year. The, the what does Dota two call it? Harmonies of New No, the whatever new the Bloom. like. What am I thinking of? The Lunar New Year. Okay. Event. Well, we usually doesn't we usually Dota just have call an it event? New Bloom? But isn't like supposed to be an event? It's why Harmonies of New Bloom is in the game. Our previous, you know. Pre- Previously provided music pack by Promoti. Promoti. Mm-hmm. That's why that got in the game for whatever the harmony. The God damn it. <laughs> what just give the, up. Just give whatever up, the man. event was. It had a name. I feel like I said it three times and you keep ignoring me. It really is just called like New Bloom. New Bloom. I didn't hear sure. you say any of okay. that. Okay. <laughs> yeah. It's all harmonies of New Bloom because it's for the New Bloom Festival. I'm pretty I sure. See. I I could super be wrong, and that would be embarrassing, but we're going to move on. Are you ready to eat? Mm, 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 mm. One of these days, I'll make a good bumper with like some ee feeding. But I've, we've already got a good. We've got the music. We do. It's good but music. I need to create you some some audio. Some excuse me, some voice. What if I uh, got our good friend Hatsune Hatsune Miku on here, and she just said, "Drop your stick, drop your stick, drop your stick." Is there an what online she Vocaloid? Said- online vocaloid. I mean it's a piece of software you can buy a vocaloid but I just want to go to a website you wouldn't <laughs> download a person <laughs> I super would vocaloid song generate I don't want a song though that's what they do Nick I mean like you Hatsune Miku is a very good one she can also have conversations but you know I just want to type something and have her say it you should probably donate to Kizuna I that's the way to do it. Okay. I'll make sure. I'll get on that. More niche virtual idol bullshit on Bottle Crow. That's what we need. We anyway. talked about so much Dota 2 today. I'm excited. Nick, I feel like we uh, we had some, some good results last week, right? We talked about chicken, and I feel like it was a really approachable uh, like lesson. It was. You gave a great recipe for chicken piccata, right? Mm-hmm. It was, it was, but it was maybe, it was maybe a little like it was an intermediate lesson, and you gave, you gave more of a like a, a base level like mine, good recipe that yeah, it's yeah. mine was more... somewhat of a technique, a mm-hmm. cooking technique as well, because 
baking. Actually, it's not baking. Uh, what do you always say? Host Broiling? Emeritus, co- previous co-host Emeritus, Jesse, we were playing PUBG. And yes, because we play PUBG together sometimes. Dead game. Uh, mm-hmm. What was he saying? I think what happened was friend of the show, Dave Coulier, Caleb, came into the Discord and we were playing together. And he said he actually made my chicken breast, like quote unquote recipe, the technique. And mm-hmm. he said that, you know, his family enjoyed it. It was delicious. It was juicy. They decided to use Italian seasoning and it turned out really well. And he, he stressed, you know, he's always had these dry chicken breasts before. And that's the exact same experience I've had. Yeah. Because it's just you have to know how to cook the lean chicken breast. Exactly. Don't do it at 350. Just do it at 425. Instantly, bam. It's like a whole nother food. And it's so good. And so I'm so happy that I was able to pass on this knowledge that I learned onto somebody else. That's fantastic, Nick. Puts a smile in my belly. Are you ready to talk about some more, like, base protein, low-level, relatable food cooking? I don't know. Do you Do you have some sort of issue with me, Six? You know what, Nick? I've got a beef this week. Wow. And I've, gr- I've gr- and, ground and it up. ground it up. Now, I want to open with uh, some, some fun information about food safety, right? Please. What's more interesting and fun on a Dota 2 podcast than food safety? Take it away. So here are a couple of food facts about me. Uh, one, facts. I have worked for, I mean, I'm not currently working, but I've worked for probably a total of like seven or eight years in the food industry, right? Hmm. And I've had to get various certifications for food preparation and safety. In El Restauranto. Indeed. And then also, I have a medical condition that means that I don't really have very much of an immune system. So I really have to take those regulations safely, like seriously, or I'll kill myself. Mm-hmm. So, with that in mind... Here is a quick lesson about ground beef and safety. Now, when you are cooking meats, you'll you'll talk about like ordering a steak, right? And you'll say you order it medium rare. And some people are worried about that being unsafe. Nick, why are they wrong? Why is that safe? It's the difference between red meat and uh, white meat. For some reason, I forgot the other name for the pale kind of meat, but it is in fact white meat. That's why they call pork the other white meat. Red meat, it's a little more complicated, and I don't quite remember. But basically, bacteria or important bacteria and parasites and stuff like that, they can't really penetrate the meat very well. And so what happens is along the outside is where the most bad shit is. And so that's why with a steak, you can sear it or you grill it, and you can have the outside be cooked, and the inside can be raw or you know rare medium rare whatever because there's far less nasty things that actually can get inside and penetrate the red meat versus something like chicken you know white meat where you have to fully cook the whole thing to truly be more you know to get it to 99 98% safety you have to cook the whole thing through versus a steak which you have to get to like you know you just have to char the outside basically exactly right i know i could count on you to give a good coherent explanation <laughs> In under now, 10 minutes. Ground beef is also red meat. You and cannot do this with ground beef. Technically, you can if every little piece, every little, what would you call, a granule 
a granule of beef, if you just sure. seared the outside of a, a granule of ground beef, it's the same thing. However, that's not how you use ground beef. That's not how you use ground beef. And also you're relying on a lot of things like the way ground beef is made is they are taking chunks of beef and grinding them up and they come from all wow. different sources. And the thing is, because of that process, that means that the bits are so small that bacteria can pretty effectively penetrate all the way through them. Yes. Well, even if they don't, whatever you're making with the ground beef, you're not going to individually sear each piece. You're going to make yeah. a hamburger or something. You're going to make put it in bolognese. Mm -hmm. It's not going to be like separate. It's going to be together, especially like for a burger. It is not so, the same thing as having a steak medium rare to have a burger medium rare. Exactly. So for Important. that reason, if something is made of ground beef, please don't order it rare or medium rare. Or you Safety. can, but just... No, you're taking you're... your life into your hands. <laughs> yes. Or more Probably accurately, fine, but... most, most likely, you're taking your bowel into your hands. Yes. Let's just be real. You're going to sure. spend some time on the toilet having a good time. Having a good time. Listen to Bottle Crow on the toilet with the bowel in your hands. If you right now are on the toilet <laughs> listening to us talk about ground beef and how it can make your stomach upset and you've realized that that's what's happened to you, write us in and we will give you a guest spot on the show for an episode. Absolutely. Uh, just even tweet at us at BottleCrow right now. If you have the Twitter app on your phone, go for mm -hmm. it. Taylor, it's like all caps, I'm taking a huge <laughs> shit. I just realized why. At BottleCrow. <laughs> you, yeah, you can replace me. I'm very replaceable. Six has said that for years. Decades. That, I haven't known you for years. I guess I've known you for like two, That's right? That's Katavica. Keep keep talking. He's just gonna say more <laughs> things that I'm gonna have to Emma if you if you keep doing this. So ground beef, do you have a recipe for us? I also have a recipe. Would you I like do. to begin? Is yours mine is mine is ground beef tacos. What what, what kind of thing did you bring? Sloppy Joe's. Okay. I think I think both of these should be pretty simple and also decently similar because these are both like ground beef and tomato based kinds of things. Similar yet different. So that's mm -hmm. great. So this is going to be a good replacement for like, like you, uh, I, I can't say, I can't in good faith say you'll never need to go to Taco Bell again. Listen, Taco I Bell haven't is gone to ta This but. is a, a point of contention between Six and I. I haven't gone to Taco Bell in like 15 years, probably. I'm 23 years old. It's this weird thing where I somehow, at this point in my life, have made a friend who isn't filled with self-loathing. And I don't I know don't how it happened. I don't know but... where I would go. Let me look up. I'm in Philly. Uh, please make sure to stalk me based on this info. Uh, I'm going to go to Google Maps, and I'm going to type in Taco Bell, and I don't know where it's going to go. I'm going to type in Taco Bell Philly Cheese Steak. Taco Bell. There's one in 30th Street Station, actually. I've Where? I've never seen it. I've taken plenty of trains, Amtrak trains from here. Apparently, it's... How, how far of a walk is it? Directions? walking i could walk there perhaps right now if it was open probably not open it's currently midnight in like 20 minutes apparently a lot of people taco compared the 2011 food the triple steak stack from taco bell to a philly cheesesteak what is a triple is that like the thing they did with the double down it's like it's no it's like flatbread with a bunch of steak and cheese in it it's really not complicated at all is it three steaks? Uh, because there's a lot more steak than there there's normally There's three would be. slices of steak, I see. 
there is a plurality of stake. There is a multitude of stake. There is an ocean of stake, and you are drowning. So, to make ground beef tacos, here's a quick, like, easy skillet recipe. And when I talk about skillet, I'm big on skillet recipes, right? And basically, all I'm saying is you take a decent-sized pan, and you put it on your burner, and you cook it. And you cook the pan, and then the pan is done. So, uh, for this recipe, you're going to need a pound of ground beef. You're going to need one onion, olive oil, chili powder, cumin, salt, tomato sauce. That's it. We could get more complicated. We're going to keep it simple. Oh, also water, but you fucking have water. Um, Got to go out to the well. So basically what you do is you put your ground beef in the skillet and you start cooking it until the beef uh, it no longer is pink and it starts to crumble, right? You break it up with your, your uh, spatula or your wooden spoon or whatever you're using as you go. Okay. And then you drain it off uh, fairly well. You want you still want to have a little bit to cook with, but not very much. You're you know of ground beef. Yes. Sorry. Of course, I should I should have uh, the been grease, specific. if you will. Mm-hmm. And then you're gonna remove it. Uh, you're gonna set the beef aside, and you're gonna wipe your skillet down real quick with a, a little paper towel. You're gonna saute the. You're gonna cut up the onion. You're gonna dice it. Um. If you don't know how to dice an onion, this is a thing you should look into. I can't really describe it well I think it it's well the same audio. as garlic two episodes ago. Just look it up. There's different yeah, techniques. True. Find one that works for you. And mm-hmm. it depends on the size you want to. But it's not too yeah. hard, especially if no. you have a nice, a nice knife and you do it a few times. So you cut up that onion. You get, your, you get some Hold uh, on. I have oil. to correct myself. I'm so sorry for interrupting. A sharp knife. You don't have to have a nice knife. Any That's shitty true. knife can be sharp. That's true. But cutting an onion with a dull knife, it's it's there's decent odds that it'll slip and you'll hurt yourself. And you'll so have a dull careful. knife. Yes. Yeah. Oh, then, then again, if it's dull enough, then it won't cut you. So that's cool. Um, so you get uh, your skillet. You put some olive oil in it. I do about a teaspoon, but you can eyeball it a bit. Uh, heat it up to medium-high heat and then add the onion. Saute it a bit. You want it to start to turn a little bit transparent. And then you're going to add a uh, tablespoon of chili powder. You're going to add a teaspoon and a half of cumin, and you're going to add some salt to taste, right? I know that's that's one of those obnoxious things, to taste with salt, but you'll get used to it. If you have the magical kosher salt, which still haven't sent six, just like throw a pinch or two in, because it's mm-hmm. not a big deal, and then you can adjust. So mix that up, and as soon as it feels like it's like it's mixed up and the spices are not like like just clumps, they're, they've sort of cohered together around the onion, you toss in the beef, you cook it for about five to seven minutes... And stir it while you do so. Then you're going to add your uh, your little 8-ounce can of tomato sauce. You're going to add about half a cup of water. You're going to stir that up, and then you're going to let it boil off. Because basically you want to heat it up so that some of the water boils off, but it's you still want some of it in there. It'll cook through the meat. Make sure it's all cooked through. Make sure you've got a nice, like, tomato-y, spicy sauce around the, uh, around the ground beef. And, and then you're pretty much done. You could put that in. You could put that in a tortilla and eat it. You could put it in a hard shell taco and eat it. If you want to get fancier, you could also do like refried beans with that. You could do some mm. cheese. Mm. You could do some Definitely cilantro some or salsa. These are all good lettuce, things to tomato, do. Lettuce, tomato, fresh lettuce, tomato, sour cream. Mm-hmm. Mm. Uh, uh, guacamole. There are great things. I mean, you know, you know, there are great things to put on tacos. But this is this is a really solid base for your tacos it is. here. Ground beef tacos. I feel like it's it's a classic of the American taco. Like, of the tacos you would find in America, I don't know about 
legitimate tacos in Mexico and places, but ground beef taco can't go wrong. Can't go wrong. Can't go wrong. Tell me about Sloppy Joe's, Nick. So my method will be somewhat similar to yours. The Sloppy Joe is also, it's it's kind of like the taco, and it's like it's just a good thing you can hold in your hand and eat. Sloppy Joe, it's it's kind of, you're not going to probably order this somewhere, right? You're not going to go to a restaurant mm. and get a Sloppy Joe, but it's it's delicious. It's just, you got, you know, a bun, you got some beef and like some cheese and you, you know, I don't put whatever else you want on there, but just like beef and cheese on a bun. It's great. Good way I'm going to go. start off almost the same way. You can get, you probably want to get extra lean ground beef, but honestly just get whatever's cheapest because you can just drain it off later. But you, mm-hmm. for this, basically you can get away with extra lean. That's totally fine if you want to get that. So, yeah, that's one of the things we should I should have talked about a bit, but like when when buying ground beef, like uh you know, you can you can buy whatever, you can buy whatever you need. It's nice to get extra lean on some occasions, but also like if you get fattier, if you get higher percentages, it's going to be cheaper. You can cook off the extra fat. It matters a lot more for like a burger too, right? Yeah, yeah. Cuz that's not all going to render out like it does when you're in a pan. Most of it's going to mm-hmm. render out when you do it in the pan. Yeah, yeah for, so, for the kind of recipes we're doing now. Yeah. So you got like a pound or something. It doesn't really matter. You got like a pound of extra lean ground beef. You got your skillet. Put the beef into the skillet and then put the skillet onto the stove. This is the important step. This is an important order. Do not turn the heat on until the beef is in the pan. Do huh. not preheat your pan. Interesting. If you do it this way. Like normally when you're going to like brown a meat or something, right? You you heat up the pan. If I'm doing a steak and I'm going to sear it, you heat up the pan super hot and then you sear. Sure. However, for this kind of thing, and I think for probably like bolognese, maybe even for your recipe too, start with a cold, cold-ass pan, just a very mm-hmm. chilly pan. It's fine, room temp. And then turn the heat on. And then you can do the same thing, like, you know, grab a spoon, grab a wooden spoon or something and just swirl it around and start breaking up the chunks. And this way, you're going to get a less chunky ground beef like result when it browns up mm-hmm. you know how like it can be really annoying and you have these large chunks of ground yeah, beef like when, when you it comes do it up too much pan. if you just start it cold it just won't happen i didn't know that it is very yeah, I, neither did i and then i saw this technique one time like this can't be like that's weird you you always want to like put meat into a hot pan but nope if you want it to be smoother which i think you do for sloppy joes and for mm-hmm. you know a spaghetti sauce or something like that or tacos as well or tacos yeah just start it off cold that's the magic so just put your beef in there start it off cold turn the heat on like medium and then as it cooks i don't know it depends how much beef how much your pan you'll know it'll change color it'll start getting nice and it'll go you know gray and then it'll go beyond that and then you've got some delicious caramelization happen and you should hopefully get some brown bits on the bottom of your pan at this point you want to toss in a diced onion Probably like actually just mince up the onion, a very small diced onion. And you could do probably like a green pepper here would be good. Probably mm-hmm. not like a red pepper, probably too sweet, but like a green pepper and an onion. Throw that in here now. That's great. Swirl that around. Let it sweat out for like 30, 45 seconds. You could put some garlic in here at this point too. I would do like a clove or two if you had a pound. Do that. Chop it up real fine. Put all that stuff in. At this point, you want to grab some water. It's basically the same thing as Six's recipe. You want to deglaze the bottom of the pan because at this point, all those marvelous meat juices have probably run out. If you didn't use the extra lean, make sure to drain some of the fat before this. If you have too much fat in there, a little bit is going to be fine, right? But you don't want it to be super greasy. 
Mm-hmm. And so we basically have almost the same mix at this point as the ground tacos. Instead of doing the taco seasoning, however, at this point, salt and pepper, you know, it's going to be the same for most of these. And then put in some sort of tomato product. For these sloppy joes, I'm going to recommend you do a bunch of ketchup. So hmm. a bunch of ketchup and then brown sugar. You want to put in like a good tablespoon or two for a pound of ground beef of brown sugar. And if you've never like made your own barbecue sauce before, this is basically the base of a lot of quote unquote barbecue sauces. Yeah, <laughs> is as, probably going to yell know. at me, but yeah. Uh, no, just real quick, as a as a barbecue snob, what you're doing is Kansas City barbecue, which is garbage, <laughs> oh, and that's fine. I see. Okay, yeah, ketchup and brown sugar is basically basically the base of most barbecue sauces. So you do that, but you're not like making barbecue gun beef. So ketchup, brown sugar. Probably Dijon mustard would be good, and then mm. some heat. So put in like another bit of cayenne pepper. You can actually make it spicy if you want, or just put in like a sprinkle or so. You could probably do chipotle in here. That'd be more the taco route, I think. So just what do you feel about like someone doing like a hot sauce or something? I was gonna say if you have some sort of hot sauce, it depends because you could make it really smoky, or you could have something weird. But honestly, if you'd like the hot sauce, just put it in there. Use that mm-hmm. as your heat source because that'll add some maybe a different flavor component that would be interesting. But that's it's basically the same thing as yours, except I think you should dice up an onion, some garlic, green pepper, and then my seasoning is a tomato product. Just use ketchup. You've got ketchup in the fridge probably. Ketchup, brown sugar, Dijon mustard, and then a bit of heat. Hmm. And there you go. And just cook that off. You've poured in the water at this point. Once you deglaze it, which just means you've like... You've, you have enough heat left in the pan that the water is going to do a lot of work in dissolving the caramelized juices and stuff on the bottom of the pan. That's a lot of delicious flavor. It's like a common mm. restaurant thing or like a, a higher level cooking thing is to deglaze the pan. Just use water. It's fine here. Once that's all off, just scrape it with like a wooden spoon. You shouldn't have to actually scrape, but you'll have to apply force. And then once you got that done, just simmer it for like, 10 to 20 minutes maybe once all the water has reduced so you want to get it to some sort of like a meat paste like consistency i'm sure mm-hmm. that sounds appetizing but it should be somewhat thick right because this is going to go into a sandwich you don't yeah. want it to be completely dry because this is supposed to be a sloppy joe so it should hold together a little bit but you don't want it you know to be a soup yeah same same kind of consistency you want with the tacos too i kind of skated yeah. over this step a bit but you also again you don't want it to be liquidy but you don't want it to be dry yeah. For my recipes, you'll know, because I, I rarely, it's not that I rarely use recipes. I look recipes up online all the time and then I just adjust on the fly. Because mm-hmm. with this kind of thing, once you've cooked the beef, it's completely safe to taste. So just when you're adding the ketchup and the brown sugar, start with like three tablespoons, three to four tablespoons of ketchup to like a pound of ground beef, and then one to two tablespoons brown sugar, and then maybe like half a tablespoon of Dijon or you could yeah, just use Dijon mustard Mm. and then like taste it. If it needs more sweetness, you could add more brown sugar. If it needs more acid, add more lovely tomato ketchup. There you go. Just taste things. It's a wonderful way to cook. And as you get better at this, like one of the things, both of these recipes are, are really flexible, right? Like, you can make these more complicated. You can add more flavors. You can add more, like, toppings or things to either of these. And these are both really good bases for as you get more comfortable with cooking, you'll be like, you know what? These tacos, I think they need cayenne, right? Mm-hmm. 
and you can just do it. Or you have a good hot sauce in the cabinet or something. Uh Uh-huh. Or you're like, no, I really think this really needs some, like, lemon juice. I think that's probably a bad call personally, but (laughs) you have different tastes than me. Chase your bliss. It's all about the salts. I have, I think I even, somebody gifted me a book called, like, Salt, Acid, Fat, and Heat. And that's Mm -hmm. basically the the quadfecta of cooking. Yeah. Salt and some sort of acid. So the tomato ketchup in here serves not only as, like, the sweetness and the, the glutamate, the umami from the tomatoes which is what it's used for in a lot of stuff. Like you could probably use tomato paste and stuff, but ketchup, it gets a bad rap sometimes. It's like, oh, this is, you know. Garbage. The commoner's ingredients. Oh, oh you sorry. Was that, is that strong that. language? Yes. My bad. <laughs> but honestly, it's, it's fucking umami, which is just, it's like a savoriness. It's got saltiness, maybe. Like, uh, probably not saltiness. It's got some salt in there. But the main effects it achieves is that savoriness and it's got acid and it's got sugar mm-hmm. and that's just that's ketchup is a magical thing kids get obsessed with it for a reason yes use at your own risk indeed all right well i think that's it for this week's episode of ball that was a that was a good jackie's chow i'm, I'm happy that's with that good. one yeah we could we could do lots of things on ground beef oh mm-hmm. next next jackie's chow we will talk about fats because I was going to talk about olive oils and stuff. I mentioned that mm. on last episode. Yeah. I will fulfill yeah. my promise in the next episode of Jackie's Chow. All right. But until then, folks, thank you so much for listening. You can find us on your podcatcher of choice. In fact, you probably did if you're listening to us. And uh, that's a good way to recommend us to a friend. Get someone who likes Dota or at this point, maybe someone who wants to get into cooking. Is that where <laughs> we're at? Um, to listen <laughs> to this. What become? Yeah, I guess. Uh, I mean, I'm not. I'm not upset about it. It's, it's all weird. thanks to Jackie Mao. Indeed, thanks. Thanks, Jackie, for being bad at cooking. You know, uh, and inspiring I've, us. I've been learning very little bit of Cantonese because mm-hmm. the market I shop in in Philly now, a lot of the times, is a Chinese market, and the people there all speak Cantonese. And so, like, I've learned Cantonese numbers some, and that's also thanks to to Jackie Mao because one time he gave an interview in Cantonese in front of. A crowd in China, and that was a a big hubbub, and so I remembered that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was pretty cool when he did that. We own, we owe everything to Eternal Envy, as always. But we also owe some stuff to uh, Reddit user Pomodi, aka Jeffrey Bryce, who created the Highlander Music Pack, which is our intro and outro here on the show. It's also in the Steam Workshop for Dota Two. If you want to give it a vote and help it get in game, so that you can play it over your Dota matches. I also want to give a big thank you to Ashley Ryan, a.k.a. Svimi, who did the podcast art that we use here on the show. If you want to get a commission of your own, you can go to patreon.com slash Vimy and see her, I'm sure, very reasonable rate. It's been a little while, but I was pretty happy with the result that we got. If you have any questions or comments or any of that kind of shit, uh, you can contact at BottleCrow on Twitter. Uh, we, we keep an eye on that feed. You know, We do. We'll get back to you. Or maybe you won't if you're a scumbag, but don't be a scumbag. We trust you. Don't be a scumbag. Don't. We don't trust you. Nick, do we trust them? No, I don't trust myself. Okay. Well, there you go. How could we trust you if we can't trust ourselves? Um, and yeah, we are part of uh, Scanline Media. If you want to find more podcasts that I do, uh, I, I might be coming up to six podcasts now because I can't stop. 
Um, you could find us on uh, scanlinemedia.com or patreon.com slash scanlinemedia to find out about more podcasts. Always more. Until next time, Nick, what do we say to him? Oh, boy. Katowice. I should edit that out, but I'm not going <laughs> to. Peace. Dota 2. Dota 2. Dota 2. Dota 2.